Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. Uh, lots to talk about this week because finally the season is upon us. So we're at Ashton Gate at the moment, but Bristol City have been holding open training and Lee Johnson has been talking to the media. We'll hear from Lee Johnson shortly and also uh, a couple of players as well. So, Gregor, let's just start with the open training session then. What were your thoughts on it? Good idea to get, I guess, everyone involved. Lee Johnson said it's nice for the kids as well and good for the mums and dads to give them something to do in the holidays. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um terrific atmosphere down there a lot of people down there a lot of city fans there i've just been talking to a few myself i'm, I'm sure you have and uh, yeah it's just a little bit disappointing maybe that there was a lot of rain but yeah yeah the guys guys look fit and ready for the new season and hopefully they're going to do a bit better than they did last weekend against crystal palace yeah i was going to ask you we're both at that game uh, it's pretty embarrassing actually five nil scoreline just nothing really seemed to work. Nothing seemed to click. The players didn't look sharp. Lee Johnson was pretty damning in his verdict after it. Mm. Do you think that's a bit of a kick up the backside before Leeds? I do, and I think it's perfect timing because you'd rather, obviously, it happens now than when things get serious. And actually, there are points available to win. I actually don't think it's going to sound a bit stupid. They played that badly last weekend against Palace. They they were dreadful, yes, but it was the sort of game where they were in it for a long time. And actually, Crystal Palace had a little bit of luck with some of their goals. If you, if you think sloppy defending, yeah. If you think about that first goal, um, I think there was a shot from Van Arnholt, maybe. Uh, or, and it came across the town. Yeah, just falls past. Yeah, falls yeah. perfectly to him. And then likewise, the one that Max Meyer scored, the fourth one, I think it was. It just it just falls nicely from MacArthur's pass, just runs into Meyer's path um, and, he, and he's perfectly through with just Bentley to beat and he slots into the corner and yeah, by then yeah, the, the team's kind of going for it and yeah, Crystal Palace are decent on the break. Yeah, it's, prim- it's a Premier League team as well, it's important to remember, but what do you think Lee Johnson took from that game? I mean, he said after, it gave him a few things to think about, but he said defensively what he wasn't impressed, but surely it'll be... Webster and Callas because will it be that starting level against Leeds United? I, th- I think it will, yeah. I don't think he'll make too many changes, which sounds a bit absurd in the, in the wake of a result like that. But it is only pre-season and they will have experimented about a few things. And who knows if the, if the players' minds weren't right. And just to add to that, I've been sort of writing for the, the post today a little thing about which players have impressed me most this se- pre-season and which have not. And I have to say, it's, it's odd, but Webster... And Callas, probably City's two best players, arguably, have been the two players who maybe have, have not lived up to their the, the billing you, this summer. Why do you think that is? Uh, a number of reasons. I think I think the players have just looked a little bit rusty, and it maybe takes a little bit of time sometimes just to get up to speed. I mean, I'm thinking of the Halland game, and Thomas Callas came in, and I, I distinctly remember him passing the ball straight up play, giving away a sloppy corner. Uh, Webster almost got caught in possession say, a couple of times. Webster in pre-season last season, it wasn't that good either. From what I remember watching him against Bournemouth, he needed a really bad game. Yes, very good point, very good point. And, yeah, he went on to score a screamer in the Johnson Cup at Western Supermare against uh, Tor- was it Torquay? Yeah, it must have been. No, Cheltenham. 
Yeah, and Cheltenham. Cheltenham at that time. And, yeah, it went from strength to strength. And maybe that's going to happen here. I, I, I rather think it might do. But going back to your original question about Lee Johnson, what he would have learned, I, I said to him, maybe a bit cheekily, was it, in a way, like the perfect result? Because he can now go to Steve Lansdowne, who was there at the, yes, at the game. Yeah, he was. I saw him. Bumped into him on the stairs. And he can go to Steve and say, listen, Steve, listen, we, we need that, desperately need that striker. Look, this is what happens if we don't get in a striker. So maybe that might help him loosen the purse strings. OK, let's hear from Lee Johnson speaking ahead of Leeds United then. Well, we're going to have to work again as a collective, that same team spirit that I'm talking about. Um, we've got to make sure that we play players that um, are in tune with each other, that understand our game and the way we play. We've got to make sure that we give the fans a lot more of a tempo than we gave them the other day. But I just think you will... That'll happen just by nature of the beast in terms of it being the first game of the season, that sort of cup final feel. And then we've got to have moments of quality. Um, we've got to disrupt enough the opponents that they're not allowed to get in their flow. And then we've got to be exceptional on the ball to break them down. And That's a consistent in the championship because it's very, very competitive. It doesn't get any more competitive than playing against a strong lead side. Strikers are probably the, one of the final pieces of this Jigsaw, so how are you getting on with your hunt for, uh, Mark Ashton called it a number nine last night, how is the hunt for <laughs> um, a striker going? Yeah, I, I think there's a bit to do yet, both in and out. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bit more than that done. Um, I think that'll be the hardest one, because everybody's looking for that sort of uh, one that's going to fire you into the Champions League. Um it's going to be expensive and, and obviously, you know what I mean, again, us come back to you know your place at the table. But at the same time, we are in the mix and uh, if you want, if you truly want proven, uh, probably have to break a structure or two to be able to do that. So again, I promise everybody, the decision, whatever we bring in, will have to be right for the long-term prospects as well as the short-term prospects and uh, and sometimes that might be a loan because it gives you another year to try and find someone or indeed develop someone like Semenyo or, or Seiko Jenna or it might be that you feel like you need an old-timer to come in to make everybody else better. So Lee Johnson not being drawn on Mark Ashton's comments about a striker being vital, a number nine being vital, that they could get one in before Sunday. I know I asked him about it as well. Obviously, he's going to be tight-lipped about it. What do you think? Who do you think a striker is? Is it going to happen? I think it's going to happen, yes. Um, sort of reading between the lines from Mark's comments last night, he sounds confident, really, that they're going to get someone in. As he said, there are irons in the fire. I mean, the latest stuff that we know of we, is that Unfortunately, according to my sources, it's not going to be Eddie Enkentire. I heard and, that as well. And, uh, I heard he's staying at Arsenal. Well, I think he might... What we've heard is that he might go out on loan. But if he was to go out on loan to the Championship, mm -hmm. we understand there are other clubs, unfortunately, who are ahead of Bristol City in the pecking order. Right. Um, so we, we don't expect him, unfortunately, to arrive. There is an interest in him still. He was the club's top transfer target, as we understood it. Um, but it just just doesn't look likely. Other names, remember the ones we've spoken about across this summer, the likes of Kiefer Moore, who we understand has been a, a city target, but not a priority one. Wouldn't be surprised, as we've said previously, if, if the club were to go back for him in the next few days and bring him in ahead of the weekend, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see, really. Anything else, do you think, before the weekend? 
Aura Edwards, who is Opie Edwards' brother, playing against Yeovil in the under-23s. Again, that's another one we reported on previously. He's coming, he's coming over from Newport County, a, a young winger with a lot of talent. And, yeah, could be hope, hopefully a couple of young starlets snapped up for Bristol City. But there are bigger things maybe to to cover yeah i mean during this podcast we've been learning all sorts so we're recording this um on tuesday afternoon after uh, the media have been speaking to lee johnson but sky sources are saying that there's been a bid for adam webster from brighton for 20 million plus add-ons now oof, i mean let's just hear what lee johnson's got to say about this I'm probably not as confident as i was before um when, when i was asked in america by your by your um compadre um, and I think that's just the sheer level of interest. Like, you know what I mean? I always try and be honest and genuine to the fans and, and more importantly to the players because often when I'm talking to you, talking to the players as well because they all watch and read the bits. Um, but of course, the fans are a number one priority in this type of discussion. So again, like I've always said, it'll only be done if it's right for the club because... Like there is interest, and I almost expect there to be more interest. We have had bids, um, so that's fair to say and fair to report. Um, and naturally, any player would want to play Premier League football. I thought he was um, slightly sort of bogged down in his performance, if you like, by by the speculation potentially in the game. And, and I would just sort of advise any player really to that you got to knuckle down and concentrate on the vehicle at the moment that you're in because at that point you never know what can happen either he stays in and, and we're successful and, and get that promotion that we're all chasing he becomes a Premier League player or somebody hits the figures um, that the board expect to be able to make the club better elsewhere I was going to say do you get any input into whether bids are accepted or, 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 um, accepted or not yeah I mean look, like, listen we work very very closely mm -hmm. do you know what I mean so there's no like there's no disrespect or um, pulling rank or do you know what I mean? We never get to the point where we're going to sell someone and I'm going to resign because you told me you wouldn't sell. Someone. Do you know what I mean? It's never going to get to that. Um, and we're really in touch in terms of the market. We're in touch with um, potentially because we've had loads of interest in our players. Do you know what I mean, it's not just Webby. There's been like. I mean, all the way through. I'm talking from under 23s that haven't even made an appearance. Bids? Yeah, lo lo lots of bids. We probably had, well, probably nearly double figures in terms of like bids. <laughs> yeah, for various various players. So, um, and some you want to keep, some you want to build around, some you just can't afford to sell unless everything else um, can definitely become better on the back of it. And I'll just ask people to trust us, really. You know, like I, I, I think I hope that people know me well enough and know the club well enough to know that, um, that we do the right thing. But for that amount of money, I think how can Bristol City say no? Yeah, I mean, first of all, let's remember we we said earlier this summer, didn't we, that we talked about that domino effect and that maybe, remember, we said Brighton would come in and we spoke about how they'd been doing some background checks as, um, on Adam Webster, on his character, so we knew there was an interest and something might develop. So it's not entirely surprising, this, but you're right, £20 million is huge. I just wonder... Plus add-ons. Plus add-ons. I just wonder if the club is going to learn from the Jonathan Codger 
experience mm. and whether they might reject it and say, what can they do with that 20 million at this, at this, this time? Point. Yeah, and remember when Lee Johnson has spoken about this thing before as well, he said that they would accept a massive bid if it improves the team. So, I mean, I've speculated before, maybe they're going to accept a huge bid like that and then use that money to bring in a striker. That's they I want think. a striker. So, yeah, could, could they maybe sell Webster and, and spend £5 million on a centre-back and £15 million on a, on a top striker? Maybe they'd be stronger for it. That's, that's probably what Mark Ashton and the board are thinking about right this second and probably yeah. making a few phone calls, I would imagine, asking about prices and yes. availability of players. But is there still time to do it? This is the thing. We, we, it I mean, was, we're, we're three day, I mean the, the season starts the NFL on Friday. Clubs have plans. This is. We thought it, this might happen. This is very late in the window for these big deals to start happening. But we did say there would be a domino effect. It's looking increasingly likely that Harry Maguire might be leaving Leicester City. He didn't train yesterday because he was reportedly sick. Is that triggering everything else along the line? But let me ask you this. Could they do without Adam Webster and could they do without getting another centre-back in and spend big on a striker? Because they've got Nathan Baker, Bailey Wright can play centre-back, Thomas Callis, Zach Viner can play there as well. I'm, I've, I've probably missed someone off the top of my head, but they've got options there. So if they didn't replace Webster and went for a striker, how do you think that would affect their chances? Yeah, it's something to consider. I think you take Webster away, that's obviously a massive... You're talking about the player of the season. It's a massive depletion. It's, he's a rock in that central defence, and he brings so much to the team in terms of retaining possession, reading the play. If you replace him with Bailey Wright, with all due respect to Wright or, or Viner, they're just not the, the same players. Taylor Moore either. Nathan Baker. Nathan, Nathan Baker, very good player in the air, probably better in the air even than Webster. Yeah. And he might suit the championship a little bit more. But, I, yeah, I, I just think in the longer term, it's not going to work. Interesting question, because, yeah, they might do that. They might spend all that money on a striker um, and then look to replace Webster in the longer term. But knowing as... Why do from the club and having asked Lee Johnson the sort of similar questions before, what they they'll do is they'll have a plan. They'll they'll have names of other players but that they. I'm thinking off the top of my head. What centre back could they get in right now? Well, I, I, Jordan Story is one of Preston. He might use it. He's a good little player. Yes, think that, yeah, I think think he might be a player of interest and. Um, another one I like is Mike van der Horn of uh, Swansea, who's statistically... Take quite a lot of money? It would probably take quite a lot of money, and it depends how they're going to divvy it up. Maybe it depends how much a striker might cost, the, the right guy. <laughs> 10 million on a striker, 10 million on a centre-back. It just depends, doesn't it? Yeah, it just depends on what they're going to do. They might still have a bit of budget left over, so, so it might be that they can spend 15 million on a striker and 10 million on a centre-back. Mm. It's, it's very interesting. I, it's a good problem to have. I mean, we're both we're both sort of blowing out. I'm describing the situation here. We're both blowing our cheeks out here because it's such a massive bid, and it could That's upset thing. things for City. But can they say no to it? That's mm. what I'm saying to you. Like this, this they bought in for what was it five million last summer? What a massive profit! It's good business, and they could actually get two really good players in. Mm. And the struggling option might be better for it. One thing I thought was interesting from the weekend was Lee Johnson's choice of words in. Um, reply to the performance. He called the defence stroppy, grumpy, 
I was just wondering if that maybe was a, a hint about how some of how some of his defenders were feeling. Maybe because they might be because their heads might be turned and might be yeah. yeah they, as you say, they might not be quite as settled as we might hope. It's going to be a very interesting next few days, that's for sure. Yeah, he wasn't drawn much on it, was he? But um, we can hear from a couple of the players now ahead of the season opener against Leeds United. Hi, Thomas. So, can you tell us about your summer? And obviously, I think you've been away and stuff and. But eventually, you become a Bristol City player permanently. How did the move come about for you? Did you always know you were going to come back here? Was there a lot of interest in you? Was it a hard decision, easy decision? Or? Well, it wasn't. It wasn't that complicated, to be fair. Uh, it was well, from me personally, quite a successful season, uh, and uh, and the interest was there from Bristol City and. And from the manager and from everyone else, from the fans especially, the whole whole summer. So yeah, that made it much easier, or the decision, or like decision even if I should wait for someone else to come for me, or or shall I shall I sign it for Bristol as a first choice and and not waiting for something else come? It could have been better, but it didn't have to be. So. So yeah, at the end, uh, I said I always wanted to join the team as soon as the preseason start. That didn't happen, but obviously it was still uh, still quite soon, so I could travel with, travel with them. And uh, and yeah, like I just wanted to get it done uh, and dust it, and finally find a club that I can play for and dedicate whatever it takes on the pitch and off the pitch uh, to one and only club and, and not like being on on loans and always trying my best for the club uh, that never takes me or never never shows interest after certain uh, certain successful seasons. So so yeah, even though it wasn't that successful season last season, uh, they still showed the interest and, and that's what I really appreciate. I have to ask you about your centre-back partner, Adam Webster. A lot of speculation that he might be on the move, might be going to the Premier League. Um, he'd be a massive loss, wouldn't he, if, 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 if he did go? It would be a massive loss, obviously. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's his career. And, uh, and he needs to, firstly, look after himself. Obviously, playing... With me, or oh, I, w I would love to play alongside him, but that doesn't mean that I can play only with him. Uh, I believe I can make a partnership with anyone, but if I if I could prefer anyone at the moment, that would be that would be Adam, purely based on last season and uh, and how well it was was going throughout the season. But like I'm saying, is his is his chance to get a big shot. If he's gonna get it, I don't know. That's that's not my business to talk about. But but obviously, just to answer your question, I'd love him to stay. But uh, I understand the situation he's in, and it's not it's not easy uh, to get your head around it. Mm, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But moving on to the weekend, Leeds United obviously a huge first game uh, for the season and for the fans as well. How important is it to get that that first win and? and get, get the season off in, in the right way? In terms of getting better feeling, good momentum, uh, get your get our fans and everyone else on our side 
in that in that way, it's really important. But in terms of the league, I don't want to make it less important than it is. But it's just one of the one game out of forty six, and I much rather lose the first game and win next four than win the first one and lose next four. Obviously, the best scenario is win first five and every, every other game after. But uh, you never know what's what's going to happen after that game. So so hopefully we can win and then continue winning and uh, and not not having bad spells. Even though every team in this in this league will will get it. So if we can limit it to to the least number of games as possible. Uh, but obviously uh, I'm taking it as a uh, every other game and. Uh, uh, I really like everyone to think that way because it's going to be loads of games like that uh, in in the season and basically almost every every other one because if we want to get promoted, every every single game uh, will be like a final for us. So it starts with the first game and it's going to be exactly the same in every other game. So no matter who we who we playing against, even though it's direct opponent or or anyone from the bottom of the league, it, it should be exactly the same approach. How are you doing, Bales? I'm good. Yeah, how, specifically, how are you at the moment? Because I think Lee was saying you might be carrying a knock. Is, is that right at the moment? Yeah, a little knock that um, put me out of uh, contention for the weekend, but it's nothing well, nothing to worry about, so I'll be fine in, in training um, this week, so all, all good to go. How's your summer been? What, what have you been up to? Got married. Oh. Yeah, so that was uh, quite a big one for me. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was nice. It was a, it was a good summer. Um, it was called back into the national team, which was um, which was really nice to be back part of that and pull that shirt back on and represent my country was was a special feeling after a tough time away from them um, and obviously get married to my lovely wife. So it was it was a really nice summer. But by the end of it, I was ready to come back. It sort of felt just long enough and was itching to get back to the running track, believe it or not, and get back to training. So, no, it was it was good, but feel uh, re-energised and ready for another big season. How, how long might you be out for? Is it just days? It's not going to be weeks? Or no, that's just pretty much like, just missed today and I'll see how it is tomorrow. And if I don't train tomorrow, I'll train the next day. So, that's a, that'll be fine. As club captain, Bailey, um, Adam Webster, fellow centre-back, fellow defender, a lot of speculation about him might be off. We've just been hearing from Lee. I think Lee said there's been bids for him. He'd be a huge loss for me for Bristol City if, if he was to me. Uh, listen, you know, Webby was um, and is, has been an incredible player. And of course, there's going to be interest from him. I'd be disappointed if there wasn't because of uh, how highly I think everyone in this room rates him, how high we all rate him. You know, he was our player of the season last year, fans' player of the season. Um, for a reason and with that comes interest and you know whatever happens um, if there has been interest and you know it's it's above me it's above mine of course we'd love to be able to to be able to keep him here as we would with all our all our best players you don't want to see any teammates leave um, but this is football um, people get linked with things and whatever happens happens it is what it is and it's you know out of our control so Bailey right there uh, speaking about his defensive partner so much speculation about Adam Webster that has come out while we've been recording this podcast that we've uh, brought to you uh, let's move on then from transfer news and transfer gossip and talk about the weekend uh, Leeds United what are we expecting Gregor this is going to be a tough opener isn't it um 
Yeah, so they've obviously had a, a few mixed results recently. You had an um, interesting game in Italy against Cagliari, Cagliari Cal? Yeah, at, at the weekend. And obviously Calvin Phillips got a red card in that game. But he is available to play this weekend. But I think they do have a few other injury problems. Obviously Luke Ayling not available for this one. That's a big blow for, for them. Obviously a former Robin as yeah. well. I thought he was very good actually in the Ashton Gate game. So I do think that's a big miss for them. Uh, Kamar Roof as well. I don't yeah. think he's going to play. He sounds like he's injured. Um, and there's a, a, some doubts over a couple of other players. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a very interesting uh, match. I just think if City can somehow get a win here, that, it would set their season up so much. How, how, much, how much do you think? It, it, how far would it go to setting up a good season if they won this I weekend? Mean... It's only one game, but it's Leeds United, and again, they are promotion favourites. So it would send out a statement to the rest of the league as well. Do their confidence the world are good. Who knows if Adam Webster will be even in a Bristol City shirt on Sunday. If they can do it, say, without Webster and without a striker, worst-case scenario, then I think they'd be in pretty good nick. I worry for them without Webster and without a striker on Sunday. What might happen? Just given just like the only pre-season game I saw was Crystal Palace, so I'm basing it on that, but um, I'll be at Ashton Gate covering it as well I'm just going to be intrigued to see if there's a difference between the two teams and how good Bristol City's pre-season has truly been and where they're at in terms of personnel because then after that they'll have like four days to get themselves sorted out won't they yeah and um, yeah the games come thick and fast after that don't they obviously and it's, it's, Tuesday night games it's yeah cup games it's, yeah it's, it's again it goes again I just I just really hope they can push on from where they were last season, I just worry when I look at them compared to teams like Fulham, like Leeds, but it will be testament to Lee Johnston's coaching staff if they can get a result on Sunday. Because perhaps I still I still don't think the quality of squad is quite there to be top two, personally. What do you think? I completely agree. And maybe that's a, a way... Should we round off the podcast with our predictions, maybe, for the oh. season? Who are we going to go for? I, I, But just to return to your point, I completely agree with you. I think Fulham, that attack for me, is is just, uh, yeah, a dream on paper. Yeah, yeah you've got uh, a former player of the season... Cavalero could was probably in the mix a couple of years ago, and Misovic, who was wanted by Premier League clubs last January. So yeah, dream of an attack, and um, yeah, I, I just can't see anyone scoring more goals than them. I think Leeds will be in the mix. I do fancy them to be up there, so that's why it'd be such a huge win this weekend. I think, as it stands, but this is before we know what happens in the transfer window, and I'm saying this before the transfer window closes, so we might need to revise this. But as it stands, I can't look past Fulham, Cardiff, and Leeds. Can Bristol City compete with them? That's that's going to be the thing. Completely agree with you on those three. The ones for me as well are Brentford, if they can keep their players. I do fancy them with the work they've done in the transfer market, especially picking up Pontus Janssen. Yeah, what a signing. Yeah, although they have lost Romain Sawyer, so maybe the playoffs for them. Cardiff, yes, absolutely. I trust in Neil Warnock just because he's he's so <laughs> experienced, isn't he? Promotion, yeah, isn't he? It's it's so experienced and he just gets the job done, doesn't yeah. he? Especially yeah. at this level. So yeah, I think they'll be there. And it was the other team you went for? Uh, Cardiff, Fulham and Leeds. Leeds, yes. Yeah, I do fancy them to be in the mix. The, the only good thing from City's point of view is several of the clubs around them from last season have, have lost key players, the likes of Derby, yeah. uh, West Brom, and yeah, e- even Middlesbrough losing Aidan yeah. Flint. So, yeah, I, I do think there's a, a chance for City to finish top six. Well, I think you're right, but there are teams even like Preston that have got some good stuff going on with young players as well. 
and if they can keep hold of Jordan's story and things like that you look right through the championship from top to bottom and you think well who, who is a weak team here Luton obviously come up and I think a few people are being like oh wow Luton in the championship but even then if they get a good start it's, it is the toughest league out of them all to call but I think Bristol City if they get off to a good start and if they can get rid of the patchy form which seems to be happening every season if they can be more consistent why not top six I think they have got the quality for top six not sure about top two but I hope they're proving wrong so come on then, um, let's na- finish off by nailing the colours to the mast. Who are you going to go for, top three and bottom three? Oh, God, let me have a little look. Uh, top three, the three I just said, I think. I'm not so, sure in what order. OK, so you're going Cardiff, Fulham and Leeds. I will go for Cardiff, Fulham... Not necessarily in that order, by the way. Yeah, OK, I'll go for Cardiff, Fulham... You know what, I, I agree with you. I think Leeds, I was going to go for Brentford, but then they sold Sawyers. So, mm. yeah, I think those three as well. And as for bottom three... I don't, I'm going to add, I think there's still a chance of City nabbing sixth spot in, but I as do, you well, say... I, I really do. And I think with a different slice of luck in certain circumstances, they could have got it last season, but I don't think they, would have, I think they wouldn't have prevailed in the playoffs. I think Villa were too good. Uh, bottom Bo- three? <sighs> bottom three, I'm going to go for Barnsley, Luton, both lost key players, and pr- maybe Reading again. And I don't think Reading, Reading had an alright mm. pre-season. I think Jose Gomez might be alright for them. Yeah, and they also, I have to say, they also ended last season in really good form, didn't they? Yes, it was actually it one of the best forms in the entire championship, but I just think they maybe had a tough summer. I mean, come on, signing Charlie Adam. Oh, well, yeah. It's, it's, I would say Barnsley as well and Luton, but I'm not confident of that, and maybe maybe Wigan. I'm not. For me, the bottom three is really, really hard to call, and I wouldn't want to write teams off at this stage of the season. So I'm going to be really sit- sitting on the fence about that. But the strong teams are who you would expect, I'd imagine. And I don't know. Let's see. We will be back next week after the Leeds United game, uh, reflecting on whatever happens on Sunday. The season is here. The season is about to start. We're really excited. Thank you for listening. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us, and we'll be back next week. <laughs> Robins on the Wire.